it was Larry King that liberated me that said, Q, that's what he used to call me, Q, go <laughs> learn something about the world. Ooh. And so that's exactly what I did. I took Larry King at his word. And so that is the foundation that my career has been built on. And so here I am doing my part to be an industry leader, I hope, mm. and to also lift up, highlight, underscore the change makers that are among us in the news that we bring you each and every day. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there. And plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for folks just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand towards your next career breakthrough. Well, happy February and happy Black History Month. We have got an amazing guest to kick off this month. It is Dr. Nee Quarterly Quarte, who is a professor, a change maker, and political journalist who serves as the national news anchor for Fox Soul's Black Report. But before we get to our fabulous guest, Dr. Quarte, Let's talk a little bit about Black History Month because we are amplifying voices here on the Lead With Your Brand podcast. So go check out leadwithyourbrand.com slash black voices where you can see our full collection of our favorite guests over the past three seasons, all of whom are leaders, executives, and influencers who just happen to be black and have amazing career stories and brand journeys. And to really help us have a great conversation this entire month, I am bringing on one of my favorite people. It is Ingrid Hadley, who is the founder and CEO of ILH Possibilities. Ingrid, how are you? I am awesome, Jason. I'm so honored to be here with you, especially during such a momentous month for Black Americans. Well, I am thrilled to have you as a co-collaborator. And I always tell people you're my partner in crime because you and I do so much work together, right? We met each other for years and years working at NBC Universal. You've got this great agency that focuses on DNI, and we get to collaborate all of the time with some great clients. But tell our listeners what is new, hot, and exciting at ILH Possibilities. Well, listen, you know, the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Belonging space has been like a hot buzz acronym, DEIB, for the past couple of years. But what I'm noticing is that we have four generations in the workforce now. And so some Mm. of my work is now shifting to culture and how we collaborate and work together because the way a baby boomer like myself works versus the way, (laughs) (laughs) right, versus the way a Gen Zer like my son is, is very different. We have different expectations of one another, but we all do have to get along. 
strong. I've also moved into a very salient space of executive coaching. And most of the time I'm coaching black executives in white spaces, but now I actually just took on a client who's extremely successful and he has a black production company. And so I'm just so happy to just have him at the helm. Yeah, absolutely. And so this is a new challenge for me and it just, it means so much. So yeah. Yay. Well, congratulations. And I've loved seeing your agency really grow. So I figured for our first week of Black History Month, I wanted to talk a little bit about the power of networking, right? Because I think you and I are here together because that's all about the power of networking. You know, I consider myself a super connector in my brand and you're someone that I love to collaborate with. But I know both of us really kind of grew up building our networks as diverse employees by leading employee resource groups. And you were huge in leading the women's network back in the day at NBC Universal. So talk to me a little bit about how you view the power of networking as integral to growing your career and your brand. Yeah, I think it's super important, right? And so I like to think of networking like networking by design. I think you have to understand why you're doing what you're doing and understand the outcome that you want to have at the end of the relationship. And sometimes a networking relationship can span decades and sometimes it's just for a season. So when I think about that, I think about, so I'm not going to speak for all Black people, but what I will say is that some of these environments are very intimidating to us. Many times Mm. we find edification and celebration in groups like alumni associations or Greek organizations and even something as simple as church, right? We go in, we get built up and we get built up in a way that allows us to launch back into a cross-cultural environment that may not Mm. be so accepting of us, right? And so a good networking opportunity will allow you to pick up the phone and call someone and say, hey, I'm interviewing at this company and I know you have some associates that work there. Is there any way you can tell me what the culture is like, or even how should I wear my hair? Can I wear my hair natural for this interview or do I need to straighten it? Right. Um, Do I need to be buttoned up or can I come in in denim slacks and a blazer? Like something as simple as that is very important because as we know, everyone's uh, impressions of people are made up in the first seven seconds of meeting someone. So if I can prepare myself for that, it's important. The other thing is it allows us to expand our businesses, right? So to your point, Mm. we have collaborated on several opportunities. I'm so thankful every time you call and you think of me, but I think we're better together, right? So we are both diverse people, but we represent different populations. And so it allows us again to be better together. And so- The last thing that I would say is when we're thinking about networking, many times I've had people who have met me one time come up and say, can you be my mentor? And I'm like, you don't even know me. (laughs) You don't want me to be your mentor. Like, right. But because I am aspirational as a black woman executive, people see me and they see power in me. And I think that's awesome. But I think we have to be very, again, intentional because this is by design. This is our career that we're pathing by design. So really studying you know, even in the networking groups, before we show up at an event, who's speaking? What questions will I ask that person? Is this someone I would like to follow up with to understand if they can help me with my career? And then finally, a sponsor. Sponsors are people, as you know, Jason, that speak favorably of us when we're not in the room. How do we find people to connect with in a way that doesn't feel as though we are 
managing up, right? But we have yeah. the organic, <laughs> right? We have this organic. It's all about the organic piece, right? Is it right? Yeah, don't flatter me by asking me to be your mentor or your sponsor. I actually want to be someone who can help make an impact on your career. Yeah, so finding that sponsor that's going to talk about you when you're not in the room or think about you for job opportunities or even someone like you that will call and say, hey, I've got a gig and I think you'd be great to co-facilitate with me is really, really important. That's awesome. So Ingrid, I love your energy and I love all of these kind of thoughts and tips around networking. I know you're going to join me next week and we're going to talk a little bit about authenticity. So in the meantime, I am super excited about our guest for today. It is Dr. Nee Quarterly Corte, who is a journalist, an educator, and a trusted community leader who has been featured over the years on programs like The Oprah Winfrey Show and MSNBC. Sunday show with Jonathan Capehart. In his most exciting chapter yet, Dr. Quarte is currently serving as the national news anchor for Fox Soul's Black Report and is the moderator of a More Perfect Union radio show and chief national political analyst for the new KBLA Talk 1580. Now, recently, he, as a double alum, has returned as an adjunct professor in the Social Entrepreneurship and Change Program at the Pepperdine University Graduate School of Education and Psychology. Now, formerly, he was the National Affairs Contributor for The Grio, and during the 2020 election cycle, he served as the Senior Policy Advisor to the Biden-Harris Presidential Campaign, and he supercharged AARP's community, state, and national multicultural affairs work as the first ever AARP senior advisor and national LGBTQ liaison. We'll be back in just a few moments with Dr. Nee Quarterly Corte. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And we are back. I am super thrilled for today's show. I have an amazing guest. It is political journalist, professor, and change maker, Dr. Nee Quarterly Quarte. What's going on? Hey, Jason. It is going well. I'm just trying to stay warm in the D here in Detroit, Michigan today. Exactly. Well, Dr. Nee Quarterly, let's jump right in because when we talk about careers, when we talk about professional brands, people are always talking about their elevator pitch. So let me hear from you. I know you meet people all of the time. You're a huge networker. How do you introduce yourself to people and explain who you are and what it is that you do? Well, you know, these days I remind people that uh, lately I've returned to my first love of journalism. Mm. Uh, That's really what brought me to Los Angeles. I was uh, accepted into the USC Annenberg School of Journalism. And from about the time I was in the seventh grade, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a political journalist. And a big chunk of my career has been heavy on the political 
uh, working in public affairs and policy advocacy and uh, campaign and election work. Uh, and uh, in recent years, really since the pandemic, uh, I found my way back to journalism, writing for the GRIO and popping up on MSNBC and other networks, uh, offering insights on news of the day and all of that has led to a dream come true, uh, anchoring a daily newscast on Foxhole's Black Report, uh, where every day I get to take uh, viewers on a journey across Black America. And so really what I'm doing right now uh, is the summation uh, of so many things I've done over the years. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, everything has really come together uh, just recently with all of your passions and all of your talents coming together. Tell us what is new and exciting on Fox Soul? What should we tune in to uh, hear and learn about? Well, I mean, I, what a what a an honor to be able to compose a daily newscast that gives folks a glimpse as to what life is like across Black America, and especially at a time like this, where we see raging debates around, uh, you know, advanced placement Black history courses uh, in schools, uh, where we see, you know, these book bans that are sweeping the country, where we see anti-Black legislation sweeping the country, uh, and quite frankly, we see anti-LGBTQ legislation sweeping the country. And yeah. so for somebody who is a black gay man as myself, who is very much a part of the black LGBTQ uh, community across America, how fortunate am I that, you know, I get to use my voice and more importantly, pass the mic to change makers uh, across the country and newsmakers uh, that uh, are really doing their part to not just build a more perfect union, but to help us think more critically about the world as it is and the world as as it can be. Yeah. And so so let's think a little bit critically about your own career journey. Um, you obviously, you know, are an accomplished journalist. You have worked for the AARP. You worked on the Biden-Harris campaign. Talk to me when you think back across your career. What are some of those key moments that have occurred for you that really helped you to get to the next level and, and set the stage for where you are today? I can't help but think back to being a journalism student at USC and I in having interned, go Trojans, fight on. Go Trojans. And having interned for some of the best in the business. I'm talking about folks like CNN's Larry King Live mm. and interning for Good Morning America wow. and for the Fox KTVU affiliate uh, in the Bay Area where I had a chance to work closely with Dennis Richmond and Leslie Griffith and some of the, the legends that came out of that station. And, and, you know, one of the things that, that I learned Learned, uh, and you know, it goes back to a conversation I actually had with Larry King. May he rest in peace. You know, I remember sort of struggling yeah. uh, with this idea of staying uh, enrolled as a journalism student or changing my major to political science. The idea of, of being able to do both mm. uh, just really didn't occur to me. Yeah. And this was around the time that uh, in journalism school, we were being told that American journalists didn't know enough about the rest of the world. We had gone to war in Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, and, and, you know, they were, uh, you know, uh, encouraging us to double major and minor in international relations and economics and political science. And so I ended up taking a lot of those courses sooner than later in my academic career and quite frankly was a bit more interested yeah. uh, in those courses than the mechanics of, of, of journalism. 
Uh, and it was Larry King that liberated me that said, Q, that's what he used to call me, Q, <laughs> go learn something about the world. Ooh. And so that's exactly what I did. I took Larry King at his word. And so that is the foundation that my career has been built on. And so here I am doing my part to be an industry leader, I hope, mm. and to also lift up, highlight, underscore the change makers that are among us in the news that we bring you each and every day. Yeah. And now I cannot gloss over this, that like Larry King gave yeah. you life changing advice. Now, t tell me, what was it like being an intern for, you know, people who have these huge brands, these huge personalities on air, but you're actually interacting with someone like Larry King and the, the team at GMA behind the scenes? You know, uh, the experience really helped me very early on in my career to see them as people. Right. And so, mm. you know, the first, you know, several weeks, like, oh, my gosh, that's Larry King or, oh, my gosh, that's Robin <laughs> Roberts or, oh, my gosh, that's right. That's so and so. That's Dennis Richmond. Uh, and the more time I spent uh, around them and in those environments, the more I was able to see that these folks, you know, are just trying to do their best. These folks, you know, uh, uh, are trying to uh, produce some good for the world to consume. Uh, and they also have their own, uh, they have their own challenges. You know, they have their own quirks. That's probably a better way to put it, you know? Yeah. And, and so, you know, I was really, you know, intrigued, uh, by, you know, learning from them and being in those environments. And they really helped to shape me, you know? I mean, uh, you know, talk about experiences that have shaped me, uh, at the age of 13 as a student organizer. Uh, I happened to be, you know, I happened to catch the, t the, the attention of Oprah Winfrey and I was a guest on the Oprah show. And yeah. this was shortly after she launched Oprah's Angel Network, which was a public charity. Yeah. It was all about raising money to send needy students to college. You know, this was pre Instagram, pre Twitter, pre social media, right? Yeah. Nowadays, when folks have experiences like that, uh, you know, it, it, you know, their 15 minutes of fame, you know, sort of starts like right away. Right. But but back then uh, the media landscape was different. Uh, and that experience, it just showed it demonstrated to me, you know, that ordinary people can do extraordinary things. And when extraordinary people like the Oprah Winfrey's of the world and the Larry King's of the world and the Dennis Richmond's of the world, you know, when as long as they they maintain that line of sight where they can see still see ordinary people doing extraordinary things, that's probably where you want to be. And that's one of the the lessons that I've gleaned uh, being uh, in community with and in proximity with and in some cases being able to work closely with uh, some of these legends. Yeah. And so, I mean, I can't even imagine at 13 years old uh, being featured on on Oprah. Like, I'm sure, you know, as a 13 year old, you're like, yeah, it's Oprah. Like, as you look back now as like an adult, um, what what was the biggest learning or takeaway that, that you, you realize now as an adult that maybe you missed as a, a young man? Oh, wow. That's a great question, Jason. Uh, one of the biggest learnings when I think back to the experience I had on the Oprah Winfrey show um, and experiences I had as an intern for Larry King and others, um, I think 
you know, the the biggest lesson that comes to mind is be yourself. Mm. Be yourself. There's not another one like you. Yeah. Right. I I did. I wasn't invited to be Oprah's guest, being somebody else. And you know, the experience was just incredibly affirming. Right. I mean. Yeah. And, and having Oprah uh, say to her producers, "I really want to meet him." Ooh. I really want him to be here, right? And and Jason, let me let me also share this a little bit with you. I don't I haven't mentioned this quite often, so uh here we go. My uh I remember walking uh into the house from school that day. It was the, it was the day before the rally that we threw uh at Sequoia Middle School in the Bay Area, a big rally to raise money for Oprah's Angel Network. And uh my mom was on the phone. I didn't know who she was on the phone with, but she had this strange look on her face. Uh, and she gets off the phone and she almost looks like she's seen a ghost. And she says, I just got off the phone with, uh, Oprah Winfrey's team and Oprah wants you to fly to Chicago and be a guest on the show. And I was like, okay, wow, that's really interesting. That's neat. That's cool. And just to give you a taste of who my mother is so that you have a sense of, of who I am and how I was raised, my mom, uh, was invited to join me. Mm. And my mom said to Oprah's producers, you know what? You don't see young black men on daytime television with their black fathers very often. I think he should go with his dad. Wow. And so I ended up going to the Oprah show with my dad. It was one of the most incredible experiences that that we had. Uh, and it's a memory that I cherish. My dad has since passed away. Uh, but uh, it was great for our relationship. And it was a great, a very powerful demonstration to the country and to the world. Yeah. You know, that there are young black boys that grow up with their fathers uh, and uh, are empowered by them to go out into the world and do extraordinary things too. Yeah, You know, black boy joy doesn't just happen by itself. Uh, it can be passed along, you know, from father to son. And so, that's a, a a memory. That's an experience that that I hold on to, and that is a source of resilience for me. Yeah, you know, in in my career. I mean, even having uh, been touched by an Oprah and a Larry King and other folks, it doesn't mean that I haven't had setbacks in my career, and that I haven't had experiences that have caused me to question whether or not I was on the right path. Right. Uh, we all have to. Uh, find those little nuggets, those little gems that remind us who we are and we have to hold them close. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, how amazing is your mother to have the foresight to, to do that? But also like who's given up a chance to meet Oprah? Like that's pretty amazing. I guess it means I owe her. And so I've got to find a way <laughs> for mom to, to connect with Oprah. <laughs> you know, this is, this has been like 25, 30 years in the making. And so I feel like every year the bar goes up. Exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, because because there's nothing that you could do other than reconnect her right to to Oprah there. Now, um, Nick Quarterly, you talked a little bit about, you know, having some setbacks in your career. Talk to me about a couple of those setbacks and what did you either learn from them or how did you kind of overcome them and, and move forward to be the success you are today? Yeah, I mean, one of the setbacks that that comes to mind, um, you know, well after I, you know, got my master's, got my doctorate, uh, you know, was working in an organization and doing really great work, work that I was proud of. Um, and, 
you know, uh, I there there was a there was a line of thinking that said, okay, maybe I should just sort of stay put here and you know play the game, you know, and uh, aspire to be in senior leadership mm. in the organization. Uh, and you know, I engaged and did all of the things, and you know, office politics are what office politics are. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes that rejection that you experience where it feels like no matter how much you do and how many points you put on the board, right, uh, for some reason, and we can all use our imagination, uh, for some reason, uh, we uh, just, uh, you know, aren't able to climb uh, uh, to that next level in our, our careers at, at whatever organization, and so, you know, that rejection, quite frankly, yeah. Uh, after some thought and prayer and meditation and, you know, uh, time to heal, uh, that rejection was really redirection. Mm. And, you know, I would not be on the path I am today if I had succeeded in my intention to grow into a senior leadership role. And so one of the lessons that I, I learned from, you know, that experience um, is that sometimes we don't recognize soon enough that we are really somebody's potted plant. Mm. And we may be in a really nice pot. It may be a Tiffany's pot, <laughs> just, just a, a beautiful yeah. pot. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, uh, the person in leadership that, you know, may pick up our pot and put us by a windowsill, right? We're getting plenty of sunshine. We're in this nice pot. You know, we think we're living the life. Uh, and it's not until you've had some distance mm. where you recognize that you were in a pot that only allowed you to grow so much. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, for all the folks out there listening that have green thumbs, you know that, it, the importance of repotting. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you don't repot, sometimes, you know, your roots can't grow and, and the plant actually begins to die. Yeah. Uh, and so that was the experience that, that I was having. And I didn't even realize I was having it. Mm. Uh, and, and until I had some distance, you know, from, uh, you know, that organization. Uh, and, uh, and now here I am. You know, um, out of the pot and in a lush garden, uh, along with some other cool plants, uh, you know, really, uh, letting my light shine and enjoying the light of others. Um, and, and really those are the spaces that we want to be in. Those are the spaces where we're going to grow the most. And so yeah. my advice to uh, all of your listeners, you know, that at the top of this year, maybe thinking about busting the move, doing something different, starting that that business, embracing that plot twist in their career. Uh, I would say beware of being the potted plant. Uh, but in addition, I would say to all the managers and supervisors out there, beware of your treatment of members of your team. Yeah. Uh, beware if you're treating them like a potted plant. You know, uh, you know, this phenomenon of quiet quitting and quiet firing is a real thing. Yeah. And I think a part of what drives that, you know, is that folks decide that so and so on my team is really good at this. 
And yeah, they have leadership skills and they would be a great manager or supervisor and, you know, it'd be great for promotion. But I just really need them to be this Mm. on my team so that I can meet my goals. Right. Mm. And sometimes that 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 selfishness uh, uh, really can derail people's careers, you know, um, if they're not cognizant of what I call potted plant syndrome. Yeah. And I love this whole analogy to the potted plant, right? Because it doesn't mean that like, wow, I need to go out and get a new job or a new career, which certainly you should if that's where you are. But it also just talks to there's no reason to be stagnant in our existing roles, right? We always have an opportunity to change pots even in the same job title, right? And and same goes for those managers. You may not have that open job for someone right now, but are you giving them a different pot, a bigger pot that their roots can move around and really grow. I love that analogy. That's right. That's right. And 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 also sometimes people just don't know how. You know, they don't know how to ask. They don't know how to repot, right? And yeah. uh, everybody doesn't have a green thumb, but you know, it's it's it starts with us being clear about what is it that we really want? What is it that your heart really desires? You know, each and every day I pull onto the lot here in Detroit, five days a week where we shoot Fox Hills Black Report. Uh, I still have that feeling like, wow, I get to do this every day. Mm. You know, what an, what an incredible uh, responsibility to be able to provide folks with news and information, especially in this era of, of misinformation out there. What, what a huge opportunity. Uh, but also what a huge responsibility. And I feel very, very, very lucky and blessed uh, that I get to do this work at this stage in my life and career. And now I want to talk to you a little bit about your personal and professional brand. And I love that you talked about that through line as, as, as highlighting change and highlighting change makers and being a change maker. And I even love that when I look at your bio, one of the words that it says is that you're a change maker. So, so give me three words that describe Dr. Nee Quartalize, uh, as a brand. What are three words that you would use or others have used to describe you? And maybe one is change maker since you already put that. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Change maker is is one of the terms. I think resilient mm. uh, is another term uh, that I would use to describe my brand. And uh, uh, if I had to round it out with with a third term, uh, it would be as a believer. You know, uh, uh, and when I say believer, I think I mean obviously there's a religious connotation to that. But, you know, I think about it through a more expansive yeah. lens. I I understand the power of belief mm. and how it shapes our behavior, how it shapes our worldviews. And so one of the things that I look for when I'm interviewing folks is I try to get a sense of, well, what is it that they believe? Yeah. Right. And, and, and to approach that in a way, approach that without judgment, but what is it that they believe in as a window into, you know, their world? Uh, and I think um, that has served me well as a journalist. It served me well uh, as a professional at large. And it has served me well uh, as uh, just a human being, you know, that 
uh, hopes to walk through the world humbly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, also looks to exercise compassion at every twist and turn. Yeah. And so talk to me. How is it that you show up every single day as a believer? How how do you demonstrate that in a way that people see that in you? Well, I, I think our viewers on Foxhole's Black Report, uh, when I you know chat with my co-anchor uh, Courtney Hicks, you know, on uh, various news items of the day, I, I think I hope that people walk away um, knowing that I have a sense of optim- optimism, uh, not naivete, but mm. optimism. You know, uh, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I believe in restorative justice. I believe that people are bigger and better than the worst decision that they've ever made. Uh, and part of it has to do with how I was raised. You know, yeah. the, the dad that I attended the Oprah show with, uh, my father, Joseph, uh, when I was a kid, uh, he used to say this all the time. And it is like ingrained in me that your attitude will determine your altitude. Mm. Your your attitude will determine your altitude. And I never forgot that. Uh, and so, you know, even when. You know, we're reporting on stories that uh, reflect the worst, um, the, the 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 worst actions, uh, the worst behaviors uh, of uh, people among us. I try to look for that silver lining. Mm. Uh, I, you know, I I try to look for uh, what Maya Angelou often called the rainbow in the clouds. Yeah. Uh, and so that's how I hope I show up on camera and off camera when people, uh, you know, see me as a as a believer. Yeah. And, you know, resilience was your other word, which I feel is a big word for people today because we're going through so much change over the course of your career. How have you showed up as resilient and as a leader? How do you demonstrate resilience in a way that helps inspire other people? Yeah, that's 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 a great question. Well, you know, I, I am humbled uh, by the prospect that perhaps I have influenced anybody uh, based upon uh, my reservoir of resilience that I've tapped into. You know, the pandemic was hard on all of us. Yeah, the pandemic was hard on. Uh, all of, a lot of us professionally, it was hard on our, our, our personal relationships, you know, uh, and, you know, I learned a lot about myself during that period. I learned a lot about my marriage during that period. I learned a lot about, um, uh, who I wanted to be. Uh, and I think taking that emotional inventory, mm. um, really getting in touch with, with the self talk that we all have in our head yeah. and, and, how that is influencing what we think about ourselves and what we think about, you know, some of the other people in our lives. Um, I, I think, you know, getting in touch with those things have really helped me uh, to show up in the world as the person that you see in here today. Yeah. And when you were having that reflection during the pandemic, you said it helped you identify who you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So who is it that you want to be and and how close are you to that? Who do I want to be? I want to be a powerful demonstration of kindness, of compassion, a powerful demonstration uh, of some of the best parts of humanity. Uh, you know, I want to be uh, a... Uh, I want to fill my cup. Mm. And I realized during the pandemic that my cup was running on empty. 
Ooh. Jason, my, my, my cup was running on empty and it took a pandemic for me to, to recognize that, that I was giving so much of myself to my job in particular. Uh, I was giving, you know, so much to causes that uh, were important to me that I wasn't filling the cup. Mm. And because I wasn't filling the cup, you know, over time, there are there's a residue of of resentment, yeah, that can start to build and it can start to calcify around relationships that may be important to you. And so, I started to realize that that's a part of what was happening, and that uh, that it was at odds with who I said I wanted to be. Mm. You know, you can't show up in the world as a powerful demonstration of compassion and of some of the best attributes of humanity. Uh, you can't show up in the world as a powerful demonstration of uh, what it can look like to be a change maker, you know, if you don't do your work. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I do my work, which included, you know, some therapy and, you know, um, some courageous conversations uh, with folks and more importantly, operating differently and deciding differently. Mm. Right. And uh, one way that manifested was a major career plot twist, you know, where, you know, I, I left a really sort of what some people might say a cushy job. Yeah. Um, um, I, you know, I left a, a, a really great job with work, having worked with great people doing great work, but recognizing that that work was complete mm. and, and that it was no longer filling my cup. And so I made the radical change to return to my first love of journalism. Uh, and I have not felt better. I have not felt more alive, more vibrant. I have not felt more aligned with the person that I said that I wanted to be. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm that person today. Yeah. And I love this whole notion of like, when do we realize that our mission is complete somewhere? Right. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like you did everything that you needed and wanted to do. But that's kind of like being in the same pot, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I think you're absolutely right, and, and and I think sometimes if I could offer you another analogy, I think sometimes, you know, um, we become overcooked. Yeah, you know, we 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 stay on the stove too long, we become overcooked. I mean, it's like it's like. It's like eating, you know, eggs that have been overcooked, right? You know, I mean, you know, if, if you, if you would have just stopped while, while, while you were ahead, right? We would have had a whole different experience, right? But instead, I mean, now this is borderline fried egg, right? Which is all right, but that's just not what I had in mind, right? And so, you know, some, exactly. I need some stuff to ooze out when I break right? it with my fork. You know, so, so sometimes I, we don't even recognize it, but I think we, we stay too long and we stay because the self-talk in our head we stay because we get uh, caught up in the trappings you know of yeah. whatever you define as being a cushy job um, you know we stay because you know we think this is as good it's as good as it's gonna get you know and I stepped out on faith Jason I stepped out on faith that there was something better that was summoning me yeah, there is something better that was going to allow me to be the man I wanted to be in the world, not the company guy, mm. you know, you know, you know, not the uh, the provocateur or the activist, but just just there was something summoning me to another level 
in my evolution as a human. Yeah. And I'm so glad that I had the courage to listen to that calling. I am so glad that I was supported by friends and family, you know, that, uh, uh, understood, you know, that I was being summoned to, to, to do some different kind of work. Uh, and who were very supportive and encouraging and affirming every step of the way. Yeah. And I guess that's being a believer in a nutshell for you, right? That's right. Now, talk to me a little bit. Like, you're, you're someone that's on air, right? You work with producers. People look at tape after the fact. People listen to the podcast. You, you're in a place where you're constantly getting feedback. Yeah. And in any job, we're getting feedback. But certainly someone that's on air talent gets a whole lot more uh, in, in terms of that. Talk to me about how you accept and incorporate feedback when people People share that with you and still maintain who you are authentically, right? How do you make shifts without turning into something that you're not? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. You know, I'm a little bit of a feedback junkie. Um, you know, uh, I, I do everything I can to show up and do my best. And I, I have a coaching style of leadership where, you know, I like to support my colleagues in terms of showing up as their best. And anything that's keeping us from doing that, anything that's keeping me from doing that, I want to know about it. I want to know about it. And so, you know, uh, I have hopefully created an environment where I invite my colleagues, I invite my friends and my family to provide feedback in real time with compassion, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's the key. Uh, that's key. <laughs> Pro provide it with compassion. Uh, and, you know, before, you know, Foxhole's Black Report doing a f uh, newscast five days a week, um, you know, I would pop up in different places uh, offering uh, my analysis on news of the day and, you know, you know, five, ten minutes maybe, maybe a little longer than that at times. Um and so you get, I would get feedback, but it was like bite-sized feedback. It was like the little Snickers, mm. um, kind of feedback. Yeah. Doing an hour long newscast five days a week <laughs> allows for more <laughs> feedback, right? You know, and, and so even for, for me, somebody who is proudly sort of a feedback junkie, uh, you know, you know, sometimes some feedback stings a little bit more than others. Yeah. Um, and, it's important that we create a filter, mm. that, that we create a filter for feedback, right? If, if, if we're going to be open to it, we got to create a filter. And if, if I hear the same thing from multiple people, I probably weight it differently. Yeah. Um, there's some feedback that's outli that, that are outliers. Uh, but you know, all of it, uh, is important. Yeah. You know, all, all of it helps me to be able to show up, you know, and, and reach people where they're at. And that's, this is the part about feedback that people forget is that good constructive feedback, quality feedback allows you to meet people where they're at mm. and, it, and it can illuminate what, what are the barriers, you know, yeah. what veils may uh, exist between you and somebody else where if you were just more aware of it. If you just made a little bit of a tweak here and a tweak there, you might be able to lift the veil and and really reach somebody in a way that that perhaps you 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 weren't able to do that before. Yeah, I love that whole notion of like it's not about a complete change; mm -hmm. it's about like what are those little tweaks? That's right. 
One of those little tweaks. So um, I know we're coming down to time, but I have some fun questions sure. to uh, close us out. So, Neat Quarter Lie, if you were a type of car, what type of car would you be? Ooh, what kind of car would I be? <laughs> Not aspirational, but what type of car are you like today? Um... I'm feeling like a Maserati today. Ooh, I'm loving that. Now, we've been talking about your brand as a journalist and a leader. What's your favorite brand as a consumer? What can't you live without? So uh, I'm, I'm a member of Equinox Gym now, and uh, I did this asynchronous uh, uh, cycling session. Yeah. Because uh, I always miss the class because the class is scheduled too early. And uh, so I'm working with Equinox to try and change that. <laughs> But, but I did the asynchronous bike ride and, and they have a partnership with Soul Cycle. And I think Ariel was his name. I, if he's listening, Ariel, I want to meet you. You gave me the most amazing asynchronous cycling ride I have Ooh. ever experienced in my entire life. I wanted to call my, my team at Fox and say, how can we get Equinox to be a partner with us at Fox Soul's Black Report? And what was so cool, Jason, is that the, the, the ride and the ride was only 30 minutes, you know, but it was a part of, uh, the, this curated ride that they did, uh, celebrating Black History Month. And so I thought, this is cool. They're playing black music. Yeah. You know, it was the whole soul cycle experience. And so, uh, that the Equinox brand is a brand that I am really excited about. Didn't know I would be. Yeah. Didn't know I would be, but. I'm really excited about it. I love hot yoga. You know, I love, you know, a, a, a saltwater pool. You know, I love cycling. I love everything that they have to offer. And so Equinox, give me a call. Exactly. And you love Ariel, right? So Ariel, give him a call too. Well, Dr. Knee Quarter Lie Corte, it was great having you on the show. Tell us where can we see you on uh, Fox Soul and a little bit about the podcast. That's right. You, you can find me weekdays from uh, at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Soul's Black Report. You can go to foxsoul.tv and check your local listings uh, to watch us wherever you are. We are on linear television, and we're also on a lot of different streaming platforms. So go to foxhold.tv for that. Uh, and if that's not enough, you can listen to me every Sunday on KBLA Talk 1580 from 10 a.m. to 12 noon Pacific time, and again from 10 p.m. to midnight uh, Pacific time uh, on A More Perfect Union. I moderate that show. It is our Sunday show. Uh, Tavis Smiley is my executive producer. I'm having a lot of fun working with him, working with the team there, interviewing change makers, newsmakers, lawmakers uh, each and every week. It's sort of our Black Meet the Press. And so uh, Ooh, you can that. you can subscribe to A More Perfect Union podcast wherever you get podcasts, or you can just download the KBLA Talk 1580 app. Uh, and you'll never, ever, ever miss an episode. Ooh. Well, Dr. Nick Quarterly-Corte, thank you so much. We will be watching and we will be listening. Happy Black History Month. Happy Black History Month, Jason. Thanks for the opportunity. You take good care. And we'll be back in just a few moments with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. 
You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Wow, what an amazing way to kick off Black History Month with Dr. Nee Quarterly-Quarte, professor, changemaker, and the news anchor for Fox Soul's Black Report. You know, everything Dr. Quarte said was so amazing. But you know what really stood out for me was that whole story about interacting with Larry King. Now, I know in our careers, we may not all have these supercharged celebrity famous experts in their roles like Dr. Quarte, but we're all interacting with smart mentors throughout our career. The important thing is that you are not in talk mode all of the time. You've got to be listening because when you get this great career advice, when you get this clarity from someone on the outside who's been there, you need to listen, absorb, and take action. It dawns on me that if Dr. Corte was all about talking and not listening, he could have missed that nugget that ultimately changed his career and his life. Well, that's our show for you today. If you loved what you heard, make sure that you are following us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll deliver a brand new show for you every single Tuesday. In celebration of Black History Month, make sure that you visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com slash black voices and check out our full collection of amazing leaders, influencers, and executives and their career stories and brand journeys. Check me out on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms. And most importantly, in your career, do not be a boring old commodity like coffee. Make sure you are a super premium brand like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.